What will Brandon Cooks do in Dallas with Dak Prescott? Did Devin Singletary just destroy the fantasy value for Damian Pierce? And what will Mike Gesicki do in New England now that he is free of Mike McDaniel's offense in Miami? Plus a winner of 13 FFPC leagues and a career $500,000 high-stakes fantasy football winner. Chris Eibel is going to join us uh, for some conversations on some rookie running backs, Jalen Hyatt, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Terpoli is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. The pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics tuning in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner, Farrell Elliott. However, he will not be sitting in the co-host chair tonight. Get well soon, Farrell. We will see you next week. Welcoming him in. Uh, you know him from all the great uh, weekly preview videos he does for the FFPC. You know him from his pros versus Joe's analysis here on the FFPC YouTube channel. And of course, you know him from Twitter at Dave Terp. It is the incomparable Dave Terpoli. Dave, welcome in tonight, man. How we doing? We're doing good. Uh, I guess a better question for me, uh, for you, is how are you doing with this Reese Hoskins torn ACL news? Not good, man. It's a very sad day. I mean, he was in contract year. I mean, just a terrible freak injury. I mean, really hard to replace a leader on the team. They'll be fine. They'll replace him somehow. But big loss to a team that has, you know, World Series or bust aspirations. We have great um, um, podcast or bus aspirations tonight. And I think we got the ingredients here. We, we, we got uh, you, you, Dave, uh, chiming in for the full hour tonight. And we uh, also, we're going to dish on Ezekiel Elliott potentially going to Philadelphia. More on that. I know Turf has some strong feelings. We'll get to that later on in the program. We're going to talk about the rookies we're excited to draft in 2023, not just for redraft, but for dynasty as well. And then a winner of 13 FFPC uh, leagues and a, a guy who has cashed more than a half million dollars in his high stakes fantasy football career. Uh, Chris Eibel is going to join us. Uh, he's going to discuss Corey Davis and the Jets receivers. We're going to talk about rookie tight ends with him, Khalil Herbert in Chicago this year, and much more. If you don't want to uh, connect with us on Twitter, please do so. We are at HSFF Hour on Twitter. I am at Eric Balkman. Terp is at Dave uh, Terp on Twitter. That's D A V E T E R P. Check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com and email us. Uh, we're going to get to your emails coming up later on in the show. Uh, HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where to reach us. If you have any questions for us uh, or for Chris, get them in now. We'll try to get to all of them. Uh, not only that, but the chat room questions, the tweets coming up in fantasy feedback uh, later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, as well tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, housekeeping stuff to get out of the way. Um, 
a lot of people say, Balky, why are you doing fantasy football shows in March? Well, number one, because fantasy football is awesome. And number two, because the FFPC has had football leagues going on for like two plus months now, including the never too early best ball tournament where you can win $25,000 as the grand prize there. It's just a $125 entry fee. You can also win $5,000 grand prize in the never too early super flex best ball tournament. That has, um, I think, over 80% full is the capacity that we're looking at uh, at the moment. So if you want to get in on that, get in now, just 35 bucks uh, to enter. Both of those tournaments are going to conclude on April 27th, the day of the NFL draft. The Superflex tournament might conclude sooner if that does fill up, especially the way it's pacing right now. There's no kickers. There's no defenses. It's a 14-week regular season and then a three-week playoff, in which case uh, we crown a champion at the end of uh, week 17. 30-second, 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour clocks are available for that right now. While you're at MyFFPC.com, take a look at all the great reduced-price Dynasty Orphans we have out there at MyFFPC.com. You can pick up, um, I think, uh, Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo tweeted this out the other day. Um, There's almost two dozen Dynasty Orphans out there for just $1. Some really good teams. Yeah, and I always say, and and Turf, you know this, like with Dynasty, like um, sometimes life gets in the way. You, you you get divorced, you get married, you have kids, you get a new job, you lose a job. Like there's so much stuff that that goes into this. And it's not just because, oh, this team is terrible. I'm going to orphan it. No, there's a lot of good orphans out there too. So check that out at myffpc.com. And in case you missed it, we partnered with Fantasy Pros for our $350 tournament this year. You can win $1 million in that for just a $350 entry fee. That's at myffpc.com. It's the Fantasy Pros Championship. We've already got a couple of hundred teams signed up for that. Drafts are ongoing there um, with a 60-second clock and then two-hour and six-hour clock as well. Again, myffpc.com is where to go take advantage of that. You can also register by June 1st and then draft your team by June 15th. You'll get a free $35 FFPC league credit when you do that. And we'll do that up to three times for you if you're willing to do that up to three times as well. That's over $100 in free teams. you got to love that. That's all at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the FFPC YouTube channel, comment, share, and get notified anytime we create a new video. Uh, Terp is on a bunch of these. He would appreciate if you subscribe to it. So would I. And let's face it, you're going to appreciate yourself if you subscribe to this because we get the best high-stakes players in the world, like Chris Eibel, who's coming up just a few minutes here, uh, to give you the straight dope on how to win high-stakes fantasy football with the FFPC. Terp, let's kick things off tonight. Uh, in Carolina, the Panthers are have been busy. They've not only signed DJ Chark, but they inked Adam Thielen to a three-year, $25 million contract, $14 million guaranteed, according to Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Uh, Thielen will turn 33 years old uh, to, uh, this this season, beg your pardon. But um, where he was not the number one wideout in Minnesota, he should have that moniker in Carolina. Scored 30 touchdowns in his last three years in Minnesota. And I got to believe that he's being a little bit undervalued right now, even with the presence of Terrace Marshall, even with the presence of DJ Chark. I'll let you weigh in on this, Terp. But as I look at the um, the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship uh, ADP on Adam Thielen right now, 1309 is where he's going. Wide receiver 67. The highest he's gone has been the 1002. Man, I, I I love that value for Thielen. Like right now, he's not going to be the type of guy that is going to win the league, um, but he could catch ninety passes in that offense this year. And sign me up for that in a double digit round. I agree. I mean, I think he's you know in a spot where obviously they paid him, so he's going to get plenty of targets. Uh, they're going to have a rookie quarterback, obviously after the trade. 
DJ Chark, you know, is a talented receiver they just got, but I mean, he has his questions. Really, nothing else. Marshall's a you know hype, but we all know that never works out. Two, he's been hyped for two years, and he's really never. There, I mean, is is this the end? Guy. Is this the end of Terrace Marshall having value there now that they've signed Chark and now that they've signed? I still Thielen? think he. I still think he's definitely worth a shot. You know, in drafts, um, I definitely wouldn't give up on him. I still think he's an extremely talented player, mm-hmm. and maybe he gels with the rookie quarterback. It, it really just depends on who they go with. It seems like it's going to be C.J. Stroud based off like the press is going around. But I mean, Adam Thielen in the 13th round, I mean, like you said, he's not going to win you, win you a league, but he certainly is not going to lose you a league at that value. Yeah. I mean, you I just, can do way, way worse in the 13th round. And, and like, normally that's when I'm like home run swinging right in my drafts. Mm-hmm. But at that point to get a guy there, he's going to catch again. I, I think he catches 80 or 90 it's balls. Possible. This year. And, and that's the type of guy in a managed league, like the fantasy pros championship, you can stick him in, in the bye week. Or you could stick him in as your your second flex uh, most weeks, and he's going to put up double digit points for him. So you don't necessarily have to get a a home run pick there. Sometimes a double will do. And until his ADP goes up from the thirteenth round, yeah, I'm pounding feeling there uh, for sure. Um, the Cowboys have been busy on the trade wire. They get Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. They give up a fifth round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year. Again, Ian Rappaport had this story from the NFL Network. Three seasons Brandon Cooks has been in Houston. Two of those were 1,000-yard seasons. Um, The Texans were bad while he's there. We obviously know that. He turns 30 years old this season, and he didn't want to come back to Houston, so he gets to go to Dallas, who was willing to pay his $26 million that he's owed this year. Uh, The Cowboys were hoping that Michael Gallup could be the Robin to C.D. Lamb's Batman last year. That didn't happen. And while I was willing to say it was because of that first year coming off the ACL, Cowboys definitely uh, have different ideas here, and they get Brandon Cooks here. Now, you look at where where his ADP is settling in that turf, and a lot of this was before the trade. But Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 47 at the 9-10. Again, this is a, a player that I'm, I'm willing to, to take a chance on here in the ninth round even though he is the second guy to a target hog in C.D. Land. He's going behind Quentin Johnson, Gabe Davis, and Jordan Addison. He's going ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, ahead of K.J. Osborne, ahead of Odell Beckham. Uh, this is, you know, some would say an underwhelming pick at wide receiver 47, and while it's difficult for me to disagree with that, I also think that there is a little bit of upside given how explosive that offense should be. I love the fact that Lamb is going to be playing on the opposite side of the field. I think Cooks is in for a very productive season here. Upside, definitely. I mean, Cooks definitely presents that every time he's on the field. Um, I think he's more of a best ball player than a, than a managed league type of player with the boom you know, boom weeks that will be out there. You know, in Dallas, when it's, we, we all seen Dak Prescott go nuts and have, you know, 30, 40-point games. I think really, though, what this makes is CeeDee Lamb, I just think it, it turns him into in the Jefferson Chase category. Mm. I mean, I think he can get up there this year easily. You know, Cooks, you know, Taking the defense over the top, you know they lost Dalton Schultz, but they have tight ends that can that can be just as good as Dalton Schultz. No Zeke, which is great for them. Tony Pollard, you know, and they'll probably draft somebody. I'm sure we're not going to talk about Ronald Jones, hopefully. But I think this makes the Cook signing really, really turns Ceedee Lamb loose this year. I could see him wide receiver one is not out of out of, out of the realm of possibilities. What about um, Mechie and Collins and the other guys in Houston? Any upside there? Because those guys are basically free at this point. They're free. I mean, you have to take a shot on them, especially like best ball drafts that are going on now. 
even 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 the season long ones, it's hard not to take a shot on one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, will they probably add somebody early in the draft? I would think so. I think it's almost you know a definite. You know, getting with the rookie quarterback that they should be taking it to. I like Mechie better, um, but I, I know a lot of smart people who are, who are pretty much if Nico Collins is there at a certain point, it's pretty much an auto take. So either way, I think you're you're fine. I definitely do not like Robert Woods. Yeah, me, me, me neither. I, I, that's not a, a a path I'm wandering down this year. Nico Collins, and by the way, shout out to Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. Anytime we cite ADP on this show, it's always because of the data he has on his website. Nico Collins, wide receiver 79 at the 1607 right now. John Mechie, um, I, I, yeah, he does have an ADP, wide receiver 71 in the 15th round. So he's starting to creep up there a little bit. Definitely I worth a shot. You would You would think, you know, as – the season comes closer. One of those guys, you know, get a little more press. They're going to move up a draft board, you know, especially depending on who they get at number two, if they take more of a pure passer like Bryce Young over a guy with upside like an Anthony Richardson. I mean, I think that definitely helps, especially John Meshi, you know, playing with Brian Young, Bryce Young, you know, in Alabama, definitely something to watch there, especially if they, if it looks like it's going to be CJ Stroud one and Bryce Young goes two, I would definitely watch out for, you know, for him. Uh, Ian Rappaport also reported that the Buffalo Bills have signed Damian Harris in free agency. He goes from New England to Buffalo. Just one year, $1.77 million. Um, it, so not a huge contract there. Um, but we, we knew from, and I can't beg, you know, forgive me, I can't remember the GM in Buffalo, but he said they were looking to sign sort of a bigger bruising, you know, running back to pair with James Cook. Um, but everything I've I've talked to people Terp this week and, and and late last week about this, they think it's wheels up for James Cook. This is exactly the type of running back that you wanted if you had drafted James Cook already, or if you had in, in, in Dynasty, uh, no Devin Singletary anymore. And you would think that that Damian Harris would probably be the starter uh, here, but I, I think James Cook is going to get plenty of run here. And um, you know, goal line is probably a little bit overrated because of Josh Allen's presence there. Um, I think this is, you know, while, yes, it's interesting that Damian Harris moves on from New England to Buffalo. To me, the headline here is this is great news for James Cook. I don't think I can say it any better myself. I mean, it's definitely great news for James Cook. Damian Harris never really liked him, you know, with the Patriots. He's a good NFL running back. Do I think he's going to, you know, set the world on fire or or do anything that's going to take away Josh Allen goal line looks or you know, the possibility of a James Cook eruption. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, could he have a game or two that are, you know, serviceable fantasy wise, but to me, he's a pass. Damian Harris right now, running back 46 at the 1105. That's right behind Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman and Devin A. Chain. It's ahead I'll of Ezekiel. all those guys over him. Yeah. And, and it's ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. It's ahead of Kendra Miller, ahead of Ty J Spears. So a couple of rookies in there. Which James both rookies over him too. I would too, just because of the unknown upside there for sure. Wait, yeah, 100%. Um, James Cook running back 33. He has not slipped too much after this Harris signing. He's at the 811 right now. That's behind Rashad Penny, Alvin Kamara, Khalil Herbert. It's ahead of Zach Charbonnet, AJ Dillon, and Brian Robinson. That's where James Cook is. Uh, and I think that ADP is going to go up a little bit. Again, he's still going to dodge some NFL draft. He will boards. be popular with all the zero RB. Oh, yeah. James Cook is going to be running back one, running back two on a lot of teams that just punt the position early. Um, will it work out? It's definitely dangerous because, you know, you still have 
you know, plenty of, you know, mouths to feed in Buffalo, especially mm-hmm. if they add somebody else. Like there's rumors of DeAndre Hopkins possibly. Mm-hmm. I just, and, and, I mean, and, and, and I would say too, like, you know, it's never over till it's over, right? They still got to get through the draft. The still got to get through the draft. There's plenty of good running backs in the draft that just uh, might steal a couple carries here and there. And, and James Cook hasn't shown anything great yet. It's right. not like he's like, you know, had that game where you're just like, wow. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, speaking of Buffalo, Devin Singletary is taking his talents to Houston. One year, $3.75 million, again, according to Ian Rappaport. Singletary goes to Houston. This is interesting here because of the Damian Pierce angle. There were probably a lot of Damian Pierce owners in Dynasty, some people that may have drafted him early, that were hoping that um, that Houston was not going to soak the better part of $4 million into another running back. I think this is a committee here, and I think you really got to curtail your 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 love, not you, Turp, but people, fantasy owners, have to curtail their love for Damian Pierce right now uh, because it's 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 totally different now with, with Devin Singletary there. Damian Pierce running back 19 at the 507. To me, that's too high. Give me Devin Singletary is going much later than that. You know, I, I'll, uh, these these backfield committees, oftentimes I take the guy um, that's much more valuable. Cheaper. Uh, cheaper, exactly. Devin Singletary running back 56 at the 1309. I'll take that over Damian, uh, Damian Pierce in the fifth round all day. Sir. Again, we're agreeing. New coaching staff. I mean, they don't owe anything to Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. You know, D'Amico Ryans is, in my opinion, one of the best hires that, that, that was on this cycle. I mean, Devin Singletary, they paid him a good amount of money. He's going to get carries. He's going to get work. He's probably going to get a lot of passing down, you know, and they're not going to be a good team. So, I mean, I like Singletary just like I, mean, I like him more than Pierce. There's no way I'm thinking Pierce that high. Yeah, and I think he's a, he, he impressed me last year. I wasn't I wasn't really a fan going into the season, but he, he definitely showed me something. But like I said, new coaching staff, new just whole regime. You know, they're going to get their guys, and, and yeah, could Pierce be one of those guys? Absolutely. But at where he's being drafted now, I think it's just way, way, way too high. Over the last week and a half, he has slipped to a mid-sixth round pick in some drafts, but that is the outlier. That's not the norm, although I think that will become the norm going forward. I think you're going to see Damian Pierce slip in, in some drafts. I know you're going to see Chris Eibel, the $500,000 uh, career uh, high-stakes fantasy football winner here. We're going to bring him on in just one minute. The only other thing I wanted to get to here, Turp, before we bring Chris on is the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets hooked up on a trade. Elijah Moore and a 2023 third-rounder, go to Cleveland in exchange for a second-round pick this year. Again, Ian Rappaport with the story from the NFL Network. So the Jets move up from 74 to 42 in exchange for Elijah Moore. This is after the Jets had already signed McCole Hardman to a one-year deal. Um, now Elijah Moore, and, and I think Corey Davis is either going to be cut or he's going to be included in this Aaron Rodgers trade, uh, but he's not going to be a New York Jet this year. Um, uh, Elijah Moore, over his first two years, 80 catches, 984 yards, and six touchdowns, but 6.9 yards per target and 1.23 yards per route run. Now, that's not great, but I think Zach Wilson has to shoulder some of the blame for that. He looked really good his rookie year. Um, I, I, I look at him this year, Terp, and, and I don't – listen, I, I'm not expecting a, a massive turnaround like um, a change of scenery is just what Elijah Moore needs. I think he's better this year. I, I think it will help him, but, I mean – He's wide receiver 55 in the 11th round. I think he's kind of a dart throw. I, I think that it's Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper there, and, and then it's everybody else. Although I like Njoku there in Cleveland as well. So Elijah Moore probably is the number three target on that offense. I don't know. I mean, maybe it could work, but, you know, you got guys like Jalen Hyatt, Rondale Moore, uh, Sky Moore going uh, behind him. 
I think all those guys, you could argue that all three of those guys have higher upside even this year than Elijah Moore does in Cleveland. I said this in the last time I was on. The biggest question going into this offseason for me is the Cleveland Browns situation. Are we going to get a good Deshaun Watson or are we going to get what we saw last year? Because what we saw last year is is a disaster. Elijah Moore is a talented kid. Is he – you got to worry about him from the neck up. Is he, you know – what you saw the last year in 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 with the Jets, you know, obviously it was a disaster at the quarterback position with Zach Wilson and you know all the other, you know, draft that they had pretty much thrown out there every week. But I think it's a good spot for him. Um, I definitely agree with what you're saying about a dart throw. I definitely think he has a lot of potential this year if Watson gets right. I mean, you've yeah. seen Watson, you know, in Houston with you know Hopkins and you know all the other guys they had, you know, him throwing the ball to and. He is a talented guy. As of now, I'm on the Cleveland bandwagon. I think that's a huge question because Deshaun Watson, you could you could say he's an elite quarterback in the league. He didn't play like one last year. Maybe it was just like everything surrounding, you know, all the drama and everything that he put himself into. And, you know, an offseason under the, you know, the coaching staff, he'll, he'll improve. But I definitely think Elijah Moore is definitely one to watch and definitely one that I'm intrigued with. I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. I don't know how many teams he's going to end up being on, on uh, you know, for me. He's another best ball guy. He's another guy that I yeah. think is a, a better pick there. I mean, it'll, you'll, I don't think he's ever going to move enough to where he's never going to get enough hype. He's never getting above anywhere close to Amari Cooper. He's not, you know, up in that level. But if Deshaun Watson looked really good in preseason or, you know, there's a lot of positive press around them, he could move up a little bit. But he's definitely worth, you know, if you're going with the stack look that, you know, I like to recommend, I don't think it's a bad stack to have with one of those, you know, three pass catchers with Watson. Yeah, it's definitely a cheap stack. I mean, you could get that pretty easily. There's a lot um, of cheap stacks this year. There's a ton I, of them. There, there is, for sure. Um, and and I think you brought this up, too, um, regarding Elijah Moore. Not only does he have to get right this year, but Deshaun Watson has to get right. So now you're – It's one of my biggest question marks going into this, going into this fantasy football season this year because – there's so much goodness there. Nick Chubb by himself right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always had Kareem Hunt like hanging around, you know, Dearness Johnson that was, you know, a little hype surrounding him. Nick Chubb by himself. I mean, I know he doesn't catch the ball a ton, but I mean, I could see him having a Josh Jacobs type of year this year. Sure. I don't think it's out of the, you know, if Watson's right with the coaching staff, lets to run the ball and now weapons on the outside that can, you know, give him more room. You know, quality tight end. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a solid number three receiver. Maybe if they draft somebody, you know, a speed, another speed guy. I mean, it all comes down to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, for sure. And and if he gets right, it's wheels up for a lot of Browns, uh, in, if not all Browns uh, in that offense. I uh, want to bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, right now. He's been playing high-stakes fantasy football for almost a decade and a half. He joined the FFPC uh, back in 2020. Since then, he's won multiple FFPC main event leagues, and he finished in first place in 11 out of his 26 total $250 best ball entries, which is an insane rate. Uh, His high-stakes accomplishments also include winning more than a half million dollars in his high-stakes career. You follow him on Twitter at Chris Eibel. That's C-H-R-I-S-E-I-B-L. Please welcome in to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the incomparable Chris Eibel. Chris, welcome in tonight. Thanks for doing the show, man. Thanks so much for having me on a Friday night. How are you it's both a, doing? And we're doing excellent. We're, I'm glad we could tear you away 
from your drafts uh, long enough to hang out and and not only give me and Terp some tips, but all the viewers watching this too, where we really appreciate it uh, for, for you joining us tonight. Um, when you are not winning all these leagues, Chris, what are you doing for a living? I think you're in Illinois, right? What are you doing for a living down there? That's right. I work at a big four accounting firm downtown Chicago. So spend most of my day working with numbers. And then in my free time, I get to play fantasy football and work with more numbers. I guess. Also working with numbers. Yes. Yeah. So we, we, you, you join a, a long list of, uh, of successful fantasy football accountants we've had on this show uh, for sure. So congratulations on, on all your success so far. And without further ado, Terp wants to talk to you about this year's rookie running backs. Who is your favorite rookie running back, Nick, not name Robinson? I think at ADP, uh, I've been going with A Chain a lot. Just it seems to he seems he's to have popular. he seems to have the biggest discrepancy between where he's going and I'm seeing him go in NFL mocks versus still being pushed a little lower. And I'm sure it's because of the size, but I, I think NFL teams are gonna really really like that explosive big playability. And uh, I, I think he can, especially in best ball leagues, he can put up some some big weeks even if he doesn't get a full workload. Um, Chris, we should say this. So not only is Colts fan, uh, Wayne Ellis, uh, hanging out, watching the show tonight, he says he's drafting with, with you in two leagues. And then Jeff Odell wants to let you know that you're on the clock and draft number two. It's going to have to wait. It's going to, okay. How many drafts do you have going on right now? Just a couple, just a couple. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Um, so when we talk about, um, as long as we're talking about rookies here, um, one of the more intriguing guys to me is Jordan Addison a guy who absolutely crushed it with Pittsburgh. He transfers to USC, gets to play a, a season with, with uh, Caleb Williams, who wins the Heisman Trophy there. And I wouldn't say Addison had like this otherworldly year, but it was a solid year in 2022. Where would you rank him among the rookie receivers this year, Chris? Is, is he Does he get up to number two for you? Is he a little bit lower? Where do you have him ranked? I think the fantasy community has it right on this one. He's he's right now very clearly number three going after Johnston and, and JSN. And that, that's kind of where he's trending in, in Vegas odds in terms of where they're supposed to get drafted. And, you know, he, he's kind of lacks sort of those physical qualities that JSN and Johnston, Johnston gave you in, at the combine. So I think he makes sense there because he's had a, had a better production profile than some of the guys going after him. But uh, I'm pretty in line with the fantasy community community on that one. So when you when you look at at a guy like Addison, um, you're obviously putting what he's done on tape above his measurables. I think at a, a relative athletic score, I don't think he cracks seven on that, which is you know not great. He, he's not the tallest guy, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is a great football player. He put it out on the field. Is that normally? I mean, when when you're looking at rookies, do you normally put the performance on the field in in the driver's seat over the measurables and everything like that? Yeah, with rookie wide receivers in, in particular, the ability to separate on tape is really what what jumps out to me is is way more important than than measurables or anything else. And you have guys like Flowers who didn't necessarily have the production, but you can't really tell if it's his fault or not. But you see him separate on tape, and so th- those are really the types of things I'm looking for when I'm I'm looking at rookie receivers. It's I, I, f- I find it more hit or miss in terms of whether those outstanding physical attributes tra- translate. Mm-hmm. One of the most talked about wide receivers right now, especially rookie-wise, Jalen Hyatt. Are you buying, selling? Is he worth the hype? I mean, some of the tape, you know, it's tough. It's, it's hard because I keep thinking, you know, you see him so wide open and wide all his open. tape, and then 
you're, you're envisioning that with like Justin Herbert and it sounds amazing. So, but, so I think he's really going to be landing spot dependent in whether terms of whether he's paired up with that quarterback with a big arm. The one thing I will say is he, you know, he has that unique trait that some of these other guys don't in terms of the ability to truly stretch a, a defense vertically. And so I, I think one of those teams is, you know, whether it's, the chargers or I would have said the Cowboys before they traded for cooks, a, mm-hmm. a team like that's going to, going to want them in the first, first couple of rounds. And so it's just, just making sure that that match is right. Jalen Hyatt right now in the never too early best ball ADP wide receiver 51 at the 1104 again, right behind Smith Schuster, Jacoby Myers and Darnell Mooney. He's going ahead of Zay flowers, Elijah Moore and, and KJ Osborne. And I think, and Chris, I don't know. I mean, you've drafted a bunch of never too early teams. Have you seen Hyatt go up the draft board? Because I feel like the stuff we're reading in the media, it's it, everybody's loving him. Some, some Jalen Hyatt right now. And I think that's caused his ADP to go up. It, has it gotten to be the point where, you know what, I'm out on Hyatt because now he's going too high? Or have we not reached that point with him yet? It, it's gotten a little high, high for me. I think largely this whole rookie class, you're starting to see those, you know, whether it's Hyatt or, you know, Addison, those guys are kind of going where Olave and, and Wilson went last mm-hmm. year. And I, and I don't know that they're the same quality prospects, but I think there have just been so many years of, in a row of success with those first-year rookie receivers that people are kind of pumping up a little more than they should be. And I'll also say in early drafts, Hyatt was going like 17th, 18th round pretty routinely, especially in those those real early best ball drafts. Since it, since it's his price has increased, I'm now more interested in a guy like Michael Thomas, who now has a who now now we know he's going to be paired with a decent quarterback and uh, just more appealing names in that range for me. Well, as long as you bring up Michael Thomas, let's talk about him uh, a little bit because. This is a guy that was, you know, Mr. Everything when he was leading the league in in catches. Um, You couldn't make a fair dynasty deal for him because he was just worth so much. And then he has the ankle issues, and then he wasn't rehabbing with the team. Now he's fallen to wide receiver 44. Um, He's in the ninth round right now behind Kadarius Toney, Quentin Johnson, Gabe Davis. But you like Thomas for a bounce back this year with Derek Carr then, right? Yeah, I I never like to predict injuries and, you know, you can go back to the – Taylor versus CMC debate last year. You, you never, you can't tell with those things. People can get injured multiple years in a row. If it can be a fluke. And the encouraging thing is we didn't really see his play drop off all too much in the, it was only a couple games he was out there, but I don't, I'm not going to guess who's going to get hurt. Um, we Turp and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, so Brandon cooks stays in the state of Texas, but he moves from Houston to Dallas. And then we were talking about the other receivers now in Houston it, it looks like the, the Texans are probably going – well, they're probably going to get Stroud or or Young, and it sounds like it's probably going to be Bryce Young. So you look at um, the receivers that they have in Houston. Terp mentioned this before. They're probably going to draft somebody. But as it stands right now, when you're drafting in the never-too-early tournament, the Fantasy Pros uh, Championship, you look at guys like Nico Collins, guys like John Mechie. Is there anybody in that Houston wide receiver core that's tripping your trigger right now? Yeah, Collins is a guy who even still frequently falls 17th or 18th round in those. And he, I'm not necessarily bumping him because of the Cooks trade. I don't think anybody expected Cooks to stay there. And, you know, I think you guys mentioned earlier, it's very likely they'll bring in a first round receiver and we could see his see his uh, ADP fall even further. Th- th- that said, there's a lot of opportunity. It, Robert Woods isn't scaring anyone. Um, the unknown there is Mechie. So I- I'm taking a few chances on Nico Collins in that range. 
Hardman and Lazard added to the Jets. Obviously, that means Aaron Rodgers is probably coming to town. What does this mean for Corey Davis? Is he pretty much an afterthought? Is he has to get traded, right? I, I yeah, I think he has almost no guaranteed. I think it's like six hundred thousand of guaranteed money on his contract, so he's pretty easy for them to cut and and save ten, eleven million. If on the strange off chance they do keep him then they're willingly make the decision to really willingly making the decision to pay Corey Davis 11 million and we'll be paying Hardman a lot less. So mm-hmm. I would fully expect in that scenario Davis to play over Hardman, but I, I think it's far more likely he gets cut at that price. You would also think Odell Beckham's coming to town soon. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's what Aaron Rodgers wants and, and they're just putting all these things, you know, on the table and then that trade should be completed. I would think soon. I don't know what the teams are it's, doing. What are they waiting it, for? It's hard to tell. You did hear, I think, Aaron Rodgers, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago, talk talk glowingly about about Davis as someone he want to play for. So I, I found the whole Lazard strain, signing a little a little strange from that perspective. Um, Corey Davis is basically free. Uh, he's a 19th round pick in the never too early tournament. Normally, I'd just say, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's like Terp said, he's an afterthought. But this dude was the number five overall pick in the draft. He signed a big money deal when when he left Tennessee to go to he New York. He still can play, and he still can play. And 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 I'm kind of wondering, Chris, like a guy like that, a talent, a pedigree, the guy like that, and then in the 19th round, isn't he just an auto draft, or should he be an auto draft at that point at the end, just because of the upside there? I mean, you're talking to the world's biggest Corey Davis fan, so <laughs> Colts fan who was just just in the chat would testify that it's a, it's a running joke between us that I'm always auto drafting uh, Corey Davis in those late rounds, but. I think I think he's an automatic starting receiver somewhere. And I think the thing that gets overlooked in best ball drafts is people are looking for upside, which is I, th- I think is more important in a redraft. And in, in best ball, the ability to just fill out your lineup each week goes goes so underrated come come the bye weeks. And with Davis, I feel like I'm drafting a guy who I don't know if it's gonna be the Jets, but I feel pretty good is gonna be a starting wide receiver somewhere. So let me throw this at you, Chris. You're in Chicago, right? Or the Chicago area, obviously. That's right. Um, are you a Bears fan? Uh, second to my fan, distant second to my fantasy teams. Yes. Okay. So, but you, so so you're you're in the of, of the midst of this right now. Now it's my understanding um, that the Bears uh, have to spend some more money to get up to the cap floor, right? And I know that they've they've spent a lot of money, but apparently it's not been enough. You want to surround Justin Fields with as many weapons as possible. I can't imagine that Corey Davis is is going to fetch a ton of cash, but maybe the Bears bring him in, and then you can go four wide with Moore, Claypool, um, Mooney. Uh, Darnell Mooney, and Corey Davis. Plus, you get Cole Komet. Man, that that'd be a real tough defense or tough offense to defend. I just, I it'd be, it'd be fun for me as a Corey Davis enthusiast, but I, I, uh, I just don't see them wanting to run their offense that way. Even with the addition of more, like I think when you know AJ Brown came to the Eagles last year, they were talking about this transformation to becoming a pass-first team. But I, I just don't see it with 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 Fields. I think he can be a good quarterback. I, I just don't. Th- I, I still think they're going to be a run-based team. Um, let's talk about Chiga Conquo here, uh, a guy out of Tennessee who really came on a- at the end of last season. And I know he's, he's given people the warm fuzzies in, in drafts this year. Uh, you look at that offense, um, and it, it, it seems broken on the surface outside of Derrick Henry, but man, with the Conquo and, and Burks there, I, I think you got some pieces, um, that for Tennessee to be able to matriculate the ball down the field, as Hank Stram would say, how likely is it that the second half of what we saw from a last year, how likely is it that he parlays that 
into a full season of production in 2023, Chris? Very likely. I don't think we see any any even plausible free agents out there who are who, who could take his role. I think the only tight end really left is Irv Smith, and I don't think he's ever shown what Okakwa showed Nothing. the second half of last year. So um, if, if he can survive the draft, I don't think anyone's expecting them to take a first round. They've got bigger tight end. They got bigger problems in Tennessee. But uh, if, you know, so long as he survives that, I, there's just not a lot of guys commanding targets there. And, and I, he's definitely one of those top targets, 10th, 11th round um, that, to, to, to go after. Yeah, he's Conquo uh, has moved up a little bit in the never too early tournament. Uh, he's creeping into the late ninth round. He's still behind Dalton Schultz. He's still behind Greg Dulcich. He is ahead of Cole Komet and Dawson Knox. Uh, he's just moved ahead of Komet uh, recently. And, and I look at Oconquo there at, at, at tight end 13. This is the perfect guy. And, and Turf, I can't remember if we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but if you wait on tight end um, and, and everybody else has one, Oconquo is the perfect guy to draft along He'll with. He'll start moving up, but he's still the right. perfect but, guy. But I mean, yeah. along with like Dulcich or Schultz, like he's the perfect pairing, right? So you get 100%. him to go with somebody else. If you're not and, getting Kelsey, Andrews, Hawk, Goddard, you know, one right. of those guys, I mean, this is a perfect spot to just fill the rest of your roster out and, and get a player that has, you know, plenty of upside. And, and Chris, tight end 13 makes some sense for Oconquo right now. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, definitely a guy I want to target there if I missed out on the top tight ends. The rookie tight ends are obviously stacked this year. It seems like there's a lot of talent in the draft. Who was your favorite, and also who was your guy that you're just not really worth the hype? Yeah, uh, favorite would definitely be Dalton Kincaid right now. I think he's uh, of all the guys coming out, he's really the the pass first option. And normally, sometimes with those guys, you get nervous that they need to learn the position or need to be trusted to do inline blocking. I think he's going to get first round draft capital, and so I, I think teams are going to find a way to get him on the field. And so he's he's definitely the guy I'm I'm looking at the most. Uh, outside of him and 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 Meyer and Notre Dame, I, I don't know that there are a ton that I, I can be very confident are going to get get looks their first year. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington's obviously an incredible physical specimen, but but you know whether he starts off as more of a run guy, he's never much. You know he, he'll make a highlight, but not not much of a separator in the pass game. Uh, Musgrave, I, I don't know as much about him. Doesn't have a lot of college production, but certainly looks the part. Uh, so beyond beyond Kincaid and Meyer, I'm, I'm not drafting any of them right now. Yeah, Kincaid is like the the 2023 NFL, like the the type of game, the type of offenses that are deployed. It's made for him, or or he was made for, or he's made for the offense that are being run right or that are being run right now. It's just like Kincaid. I I just think that you know. I would never put him in the category of Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey's a, a first ballot Hall of Favor. But some of the stuff I see from Kincaid on tape, it is a little bit reminiscent of what I saw from Travis Kelsey at Cincinnati. So I think there's something to to like there. Uh, let's get into a couple of emails here for you, Chris, tonight. Uh, first one is Ray in Newark. He writes, uh, "Is the oh, this is a good Bears question for you. Um, is the Foreman signing overrated in Chicago and Khalil Herbert should still be the target there. Thanks, Chris. That is Ray in Newark. So what do you think about uh, the, the Foreman thing as it relates to Khalil Herbert? I know a lot of people were excited about Herbert, especially when Montgomery moved on, um, and now he's got to contend with Deontay Foreman there, Chris. I have been avoiding both at their, at their current ADP. I think when you have an offense that's not that good to begin with, you're, you have a quarterback who's going to take a lot of the rushing touchdowns. Uh, you have – you're 
you're splitting what's left between two running backs. Uh, if one does pull away, I would fully expect it to be Herbert. So he's definitely the choice between the two, in my opinion. But I, I, I don't really love either at their their price in terms of upside. And, and I think it's a bit limited in that offense. Khalil Herbert running back 28 at the 805 right now. This is the never too early tournament ADP running back 42 for Deontay Foreman. That's in the 12th round. Foreman going uh, between uh, Rashad Penny and Kareem Hunt right above him. Jalen Warren and Roshan Johnson are, are going right behind him. And um, the Herbert ADP right behind Rashad White and James Cook right ahead of David Montgomery and Miles Sanders there. Uh, one more email here, and then and then Turf has a final question uh, for you, Chris. Um, how does DJ Moore's value change from Carolina to Chicago? That's Joe in Columbus, Georgia, writing that. Now, before you say anything, I, I think it was Pat Corain who told me this. Pat Corain from NBC Sports Roto World. He was on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network a couple of weeks ago. And I think he was the one who said that he is the biggest sell in Dynasty right now. When Moore left Carolina to come to Chicago, I don't necessarily see it the exact same way as him. But, Chris, I don't, I don't know how many shares of DJ Moore you've drafted uh, since his trade to Chicago, what kind of a season is, is he in store for? Zero. The, the, uh, I, I, I view it as kind of a lateral move going from Carolina to Chicago. I think there's a little bit to be excited about in the offense, but so much of that is going to be through again, through Justin Fields legs. Uh, so I don't, I don't really view this as particularly helpful. Fields hasn't mm-hmm. really shown that he's going to consistently stay in a wide receiver's statistics and while he hasn't had one like dj Moore, i i i mean you've you see you saw a guy like claypool fall off the cliff with him so mm-hmm. uh not someone definitely someone i'll actually be be avoiding i i don't think i don't think fields is the guy to see in that production and the great thing about if you have him in dynasty is i'm i am seeing opinions all over the board so there are people who are his adp has gone up since this move and so there are people who think this is a great thing uh, I just don't see it that way, and so I, I would agree with the take to, uh, to to sell if you're if you're seeing someone excited about the move. DJ Moore going behind Debo Samuel and Amari Cooper, right ahead of DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Pittman. Okay, so we know you don't like Moore. We know you're avoiding Herbert. We know you're avoiding um, uh, Deontay Foreman as well. Chris Eibel, who do you like on the Bears this season? Who have you been drafting from Chicago? Is it Fields, Komet? Is there anybody there that you like? Uh, no, <laughs> the, <laughs> no, they, they I, truly I, are a very distant second to your fantasy teams this year are the Bears. It has to be fields or pretty much nothing. It, 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 that is how I feel. I, I do think fields does I, I'm joking. I do think fields has, a, has a chance to really take a step forward. He was already putting up monster weeks last week with really, really no weapons around last year with no weapons around him. And so just having inadequate wide receiving core for once will, will certainly you know, it can only make things better. And and he was already sort of teetering on that edge of top five quarterback for, for a latter half of the season. So well, it, it, uh, it, 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 it would be fields. And you say that Chris, but like at the same time, like everybody else realizes that too, Justin Fields now is quarterback four um, at, at, right at the four Oh two in the never too early tournament. So as much as we say, we like that, man, I, I that's too rich for my blood in a single quarterback uh, um, league. I, I, I can't pay that price. Are you willing to pay that price right now? No, I, I, I do like fields a lot, but the, the price is too rich, which is why I, I just haven't ended up with really can't think of any, any bears on my roster. Right. And, and 
probably not the worst idea in the world at this point. Um, we'll see how it turns out for them. The Bears are going to be a fun team to watch. NFC North is going to be fun to watch this year too, especially, you know, we assume Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback for, for Green Bay. So that's going to be a different look for that team. Detroit is obviously on the come up uh, this year. They, in fact, I think they're the favorites to they're win the division. the favorites. Yeah. Um, we, we just talked about the Bears and, and the the weapons that they're assembling. Ryan Poles is assembling uh, for Justin Fields there. And then don't forget about the Vikings, who might be the most compelling team to watch because they won all those one-score games last year. I got to believe there's some regression in the mean, or maybe there's not. I, I think the NFC North is may not – it's definitely not the best division in football, but it might be one of the most fun to watch this year. Speaking of most fun, Terp has our most fun question here for you, Chris. The player you're fading – and the player you love right now in drafts? Well, since I can't say DJ Moore, I'll go with <laughs> non Bears. Uh, Amonra St. Brown. Uh, oh, okay. I don't think uh, just seeing him go ahead, consistently go ahead of guys like, you know, K- Kenneth Walker, who, who I think could, in theory, produce like a top five, 10 type season. I just think the upside is too limited playing in, in Detroit, where it's not really a pass first offense. And can't say enough good things about St. Brown as a player. Uh, but you're talking about an offense that d- really doesn't want to pass that much. You, you, a lot of people are sort of banking on Jamison Williams to command a certain target share. You didn't really have that other guy for, for much of last year after Hawkinson went away. Uh, and so so he, he's some guy I, I just haven't ended up with any shares of early since he's going in that first, second round turn. A Colts fan definitely disagrees with you on the Amon Ross St. Brown take. Uh- and then uh, – <laughs> Guys, guys, I'm going after post free agency. I, I still don't think I think the running backs that signed for bigger contracts haven't gone up enough, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, still seeing David Montgomery fall late sixth round in drafts. Still seeing Miles Sanders occasionally cre- creep into the eighth round. And I think both those teams have, sh- have both have great offensive lines. They've you know nobody was thinking of Deontay Foreman or, or Ch- Chuba Hubbard as viable players before before last year so i think carolina's on offensive line is a bit underrated uh and and they made those teams made big big commitments obviously everyone's expecting montgomery to take the jamal williams role but people forgetting he can catch passes pretty well too so uh so i I think those running backs should move up even more i wonder if there's if if we just kind of like subconsciously penalize these running backs because we see them start their careers off with one team and then that team that sees them every day in practice they let them go to free agency and then they sign with another team and we just assume well wash our hands of that guy we're on to the because it's such a young man's position and then once we see him move on it's it's such an easy thing for us to just write him off but at the same time when when you're talking about these these guys that are, are still signing for i mean david montgomery got like 11 million guaranteed um like it, it was a decent amount of money uh, that that dude got to sign with Detroit. Um, th- there is a little bit of of uh, a buying opportunity both in redraft and dynasty because the rest of the market just hasn't caught up to it yet. I think you make a good point, Chris. I think they should be higher. I think they will get there, uh, but we're still a ways away from that right now. Um, far be it for me, Chris, to, to keep you any more from uh, your draft where you're on the clock tonight. Jeff Odell is pacing right now. Cannot wait for you to make that pick. Um Congratulations on all your success this past year. Uh, congratulations on your success in your career. $500,000. That is an insane amount of money. Um, 
11 first place finishes out of your 250 best ball, 26 250 best balls. That's incredible as well. Thank you so much for opening up your mind to us, for us to pick your brain tonight. We appreciate that. We will continue to follow you on Twitter at Chris Ibo, Chris E-I-B-L. Be good, man, and good luck in all your leagues in 2023, dude. Good luck with your drafts. Thanks so much. Appreciate having me. Chris Ibo, ladies and gentlemen, a half-million-dollar winner, aggregate winner. He didn't win a $500,000 grand prize, although Doesn't anything's matter. possible. 500000 still 500000 and, and, and he could be winning a million bucks. And he's this grinding year. at it, too. He's not, he's not just at that one big win. Right, yeah, totally, um, which is sometimes is even more impressive. Um, sure. And I, I, I think a lot of the stuff, Terp, that he brought up tonight is, is it's rare to see, you know, a lot of times we'll get guests on the show that are very accomplished, very talented, um, but we bring them on in February and March, and they kind of haven't made up their minds yet. But no. Chris has actually been in a lot of drafts. He sees where these guys are going. We we got some very definitive responses on players. The that, Bears takes definitely you, yeah. you got to think about it because most people when they thought DJ Moore was coming to town is like all aboard. You know he, mm-hmm. he's got to rise up draft boards and it makes a lot of sense what he said. I mean, there Justin Fields is still the rushing option. I mean, could he develop more as a passer? Of course he could, but you don't know that yet and. I just think, like I said, Justin Fields is, is pretty much right now. I agree with him. It's it's Fields are, you know, some of them guys are just going too high right now. Yeah, and and the thing with Fields too is like I I, I think that there is people are going. It's going to be weird for them to choose Justin Fields as their late third, early fourth round pick in a what start. You're saying one, is one hundred percent correct because you also have we're early, early in the drafting period. Mm-hmm. Is Justin Fields really going to be a fourth round pick or fifth round pick? In July, I don't know. I mean, if he is, geez, I mean, that's early for quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, all these guys are way up there. And we, we saw last year, everybody seems like early on, they're going to the same mentality. Don't take running backs, take all the receivers and take one of these top five quarterbacks. And then if you don't get Kelsey, punt tight end. If you don't get one of their quarterbacks, punt quarterback. And just take a bunch of running backs and hope for the best. It might be a year to zig and zag away from all this. I'm not saying to do that, but, you know, depending on, you know, who falls and, you know, depending on where you're at in the draft. But it seems like everybody's in the groupthink mentality this year with the just stacking receivers and getting one of these quarterbacks. And, yeah, it could work out. But if it does, you're having a bunch of people do the same thing. So it's just something to watch. Yeah, I'll tell you this, too, right now. I mean, like, obviously the big three at quarterback this year – are Hertz, Mahomes, and Allen. They're basically going clear at that. Clear cut, two, I think. Clear, clear cut. cut. Yep. Nobody in the never too early tournament. They're they're at that two three turn right in the fantasy pros championship right now. Um, they're kind of going in the early third round, mid third round is where Patrick Mahomes. Which is, is crazy if you told me that the last five years we'll just use five years quarterbacks going in the top three rounds. You'd be like, you're crazy. Why would you right. do that? But you saw last year with those three, just the upside that they possess. Yeah, especially you know Hurts and Allen with their legs. I mean, Mahomes is a beast too, but you know all three of them. I mean, it's still early, man. I, I, well, and, and here's here's what I so what I learned last year is that I, I waited on quarterbacks too long, and then I didn't get a so second. I, when I, when I waited, when I waited on one, I didn't draft the second one right after that, and I had so many Matthew Stafford teams. It was just really embarrassing. And so many Dak Prescott think, teams. Oh, Prescott's mean, another one. Yeah, totally. Um, and didn't then, have many Patrick Mahomes teams. It was no, yeah. and 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 I what it, what ended up happening? Prescott got hurt, Stafford got hurt, and I was ham and egging it with Geno Smith and Jared Goff. Last year, waiver wire was disaster zone. Unless you got Goff or, or Smith early, that was unless it. Unless you did, 
Yeah. And even them guys, it, it took you a while to be like, man, I'm starting Jared Goff this week. I lost Trey Lance in the first week, and I was just throwing Band-Aids on it and just hoping, like, hey, what can I get in there? And, you know, it worked out, you know, but still. It's a dangerous it's a dangerous risk if you're not going to try to go get one of those guys because they showed you last year, you know, the blueprint of, you know, how to get to the championships. But all the teams that, that won big money had – pretty much one of the three or Justin yeah. Fields. I, I think um, what I have been doing this year and, and you look at the fantasy pros ADP, Justin Fields goes almost a full round later there. He's going at the late, the late fourth. Um, but once Mahomes goes off the board, you kind of, and, and I like Burrow and, and Herbert more than Fields because I like their offenses more than the bears. Right. But once Justin Fields goes off, if I'm going to get an elite quarterback, I got to take Burrow or I got to take Herbert right after that. Because I don't want to sit around. I'm and on wait the Trevor out. Lawrence bandwagon. Okay, probably. and that's fine because he's the next guy, right? He's and, the next and, guy, and and maybe he'll be all right. I just but I, Justin I, Herbert's I, definitely a guy that I agree with you. I mean, with Kellen Moore, fresh, you know, if they can add a speed guy like we were talking about, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, you know, or you know, one of those other you know young rookie receivers to go with Allen, to go with Williams, who both. Are getting up there and, you know, and Josh Palmer risk. there too. I like Josh, Josh Palmer. Palmer. I like him um, quite a bit. Does he take the next step? You know, Eckler's probably going to be back. I'm not going to let him go. Yeah, I would, I would um, assume so. But I mean, Herbert could take that next step with Kellen Moore. I mean, Kellen Moore's a very, very, very smart offensive mind. I mean, I don't know why Dallas let him go to let McCarthy and Schottenheimer run a thing. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to That's me. Let's uh, speak. Speaking of Dallas, uh, Terp, we'll we'll go to. We really uh, have to do this. Farrell texted me today. He's like, oh, make sure that, that you ask Terp about this. And I said, it's already on the rundown. We got an email. It's Mike in Putnam, Connecticut. What's up, fellas? Can Terp comment on the report that Ezekiel Elliott is considering signing with his beloved Philadelphia Eagles? Thank I told you. my Thank wife, you, I said, if if the Philadelphia Eagles, I find out this week that they signed Zeke, call 911, tell them <laughs> to take me out of here in a straight jacket. That bum better not be on this team. Like, just know there's no Rashad Penny. Love, love the signing. Big fan mm-hmm. of it. Talented yeah. kid just can't stay healthy. Gainwell, Boston Scott. Well, that, anybody don't so, want Elliott. No. So, Ter- so Terp, this is what's interesting too is not only is is Elliott potentially, um, you know, thinking about signing in Philly. They met with Bijan Robinson this past week as I mean, well, and, and so it's and not so, going to happen. I love the hype. Okay, I love love the player. Right, It'd be a you know cool fit and everything fantasy wise. I don't know if it'll be great um, because you still have Jalen Hurts, but I just don't see him taking a running back in the first. They have two picks. They have a lot of you know the Hurts money coming coming soon. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to get as many draft picks as possible. I think there's rumors they might have twelve picks next year. I could see them trading down, trading down, trading down. You know, I don't see it's a Howie Roseman thing: offensive line, defensive line, offensive yeah. line, defensive line. Big Could there be a running back added late? Yeah, but I just don't think it's going to be Robinson at ten, and he's yeah. not making it to thirty. So, right, there, there would have to be some wheeling and dealing there. There would uh, have well. to be, and he's one of the best at it. But yes, I don't, I don't, I, I saw that, and everybody's, you know, it's popular on Twitter, and everybody's saying, oh yeah, we're on the Robinson train to Philly. Talented kid, one of the best running back prospects to come out in a really, really long time, in my opinion. Um, but I don't see it, not on this team. Um, Elliot's old employer is in Dallas and we have a question, um, about the Cowboys from Frank in Riverside, California. Hey guys, is Tony Pollard's week one and season long value cemented 
now that the Cowboys cut Elliott and only signed Ronald Jones. Thanks so much. That's Frank in Riverside, California. Terp, I, I don't know. I, I think you still got to make it through the draft, but Ronald Jones signing in Dallas was, to me, was a huge endorsement for what the Cowboys believe they have in Tony. Wheels up. I mean, I've said on this show, I've said it on any show I've been on, I can easily see, and by the time we get to August, Tony Pollard will be a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, you know, right, you know, at the, you know, he might be like early second, but if they don't add anybody in the draft, there's no Kareem Hunt ad or there's no Robinson, you know, you know, Jerry Jones gets infatuated with the rookie. What's, what's there not to like? Tony mm-hmm. Pollard versus Christian McCaffrey. Is, is I, there with Elijah I, Mitchell and all the, you know, right. the way Shanahan likes to, you know, get the ball to other guys. I just, I mean, Tony Pollard just has everything, everything out there. And he's going to skyrocket up draft boards. One yeah, benefit absolutely. of drafting early is you get a shot at the third round Tony Pollard right now. 301 so in the fantasy. You ain't getting that shot. You ain't now. getting that shot come June, July, August. The smart guy, there's plenty of smart guys I know that will push him high. And he mm-hmm. deserves to be high. And I could see him, you know, especially if Robinson, who's a first round pick right now, second round pick early, you know, you know, getting pushed. If he gets a bad spot, a bad landing spot, Pollard's going to go right past him. I could see Pollard getting past Barkley. I mean, he won't get past Eckler and McCaffrey, but I'm not saying it's crazy. And he he might show. Like, at the end of the first round, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Totally. I, I'm totally with you. No Ronald like, Jones. Not worried about Ronald Jones at all. That, that, and and that's that, the point, right? Because yeah. if that if that's who you're essentially replacing Elliott with, to me that signals like, okay, this is going to be Pollard's team, unless you draft, you know, some rookie on on you know round two or three. Yeah, if well, they took Gibbs or they got cute and, and you know drafted Robinson, which is Jerry Jones, anything's possible. Or if they added like Kareem Hunt, which I'm going to guess they probably wouldn't now after signing Ronald Jones. One of those rookies, or, maybe. Or, or what about Roshan Johnson staying in yeah, the Yeah, Roshan Johnson, a talented kid who's got stuck behind, you know, Robinson. Mm-hmm. It's all possible, but, I mean, Tony Pollard signed his – I saw he signed it the other day, the, the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there. He's ready to go. And if he has a big year, they're probably going to pay him just like they paid Zeke. And you've seen this offseason. Running backs just aren't getting paid, and they shouldn't get paid. I don't care who they are. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a tough position. It's it's tough to sink big time money into that. Um, when when you know they're going through the equivalent. Look at all the teams that have won Super Bowls. How many how many times did Derrick Henry? You know, yeah. go down the list of all the guys who got paid. Saquon Barkley, all these guys who are getting big money. Not for yeah. me. I mean, Adrian Peterson is another Adrian one. Christian Peterson McCaffrey, player. obviously. I mean, how many um, Super Bowls have they won? Look at all the exactly, teams. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Eagles team. You know, the Chiefs. I mean, they're Jarek McKinnon. Isaac Pacheco, the, the, the seventh round draft pick. The two teams that met in the Super Bowl this year, they they both use committee running backs and have been using committee running backs. Back when the Eagles won, the Garrett Blunt off the streets, Jay yeah. Jai off the streets, mm-hmm. Lori Clement, sixth round draft pick. I mean, we can keep going down the list. You're not just you're not seeing if you invest in that position. And it's sad because these these guys are talented. Austin Eckler's mm-hmm. of the world. McCaffrey's of the world, Henry's of the world. We can keep going. Josh Jacobs after the year he's had, he should have got paid, but teams just aren't doing that. Yeah. And they shouldn't. Um, Jake in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. What's up, gentlemen? How likely is 2023 going to be a bounce back year for Mike Gesicki now that he's a Patriot? 
was always miscast in Mike McDaniel's offense, does not block. You need to block in that McDaniel's offense. And now Gasicki is going to go with Hunter Henry in, in New England. Your thoughts on those tight ends for the Patriots, Turk? Very sad on this spot. Love the player, hate the spot. Hmm. I mean, is is are we getting back to the Gronk Aaron Hernandez days? I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe like a poor a, a poor man's level, but, Do I, trust uh, but I don't understand how teams don't use this player, Jaseki, on the goal line. He can hmm. easily be a 10 touchdown guy with the talent that he has around the goal line. Yeah, you know, does he have issues blocking and all? Yeah, of course, but You've seen all these pass catchers in the NFL take off Evan Ingram last year, guys like that. Why can't it be him? And why wasn't there more of a market? Could you imagine him with like Justin Herbert or, you know, in Buffalo with Josh Allen or, you know, even, you know, Derek Carr, like, you know, in the Saints. I keep going down random spots. Geno Smith, he would be great. It doesn't always have to be the top guy, but it's just not a great spot. I'm going to have some, I'll have a couple shares of them, but nothing. Am I expecting anything great? No. His uh, his brand new teammate in the backfield, uh, Tony in Miami, has a question about that. What kind of impact is James Robinson going to have on Ramondre Stevenson? I love your show. Thank you, Tony. We love you too. Uh, James Robinson going to New England. Uh, this shouldn't affect Ramondre Stevenson, uh, his value just, at all, right? I don't understand what the Patriots are doing. I, I put a tweet about this when they, when they signed James Robinson. It makes no sense. If anything, it makes Stevenson – an even better fantasy pick. Right. It's still mm-hmm. New England. You still got to worry about, you know, are, are they going to trust Stevenson to be the guy? He clearly was that guy last year. He's been, you know, he won people a ton of money, you know, as one of the best draft values last year. You know, he rose a little bit as it came to like August, September, but most people don't even know who he was. And they're all talking about Damian Harris this, Damian Harris that. Stevenson's a better player. He can do everything. You just got to worry about – I'm confident in Bill O'Brien's office. I think he's going to be good. And I think Ramondi Stevenson is the only player out of everybody they have on their team that I would draft on the Patriots. Oh, interesting. So uh, the Robinson contract is a uh, two-year, $4 million deal. I'm trying to find how much guaranteed money you got. It, it doesn't look like – I mean, it's a base salary of just over a million. Um Workout bonus and roster bonus combined is just over 300000 So it's not a lot of money that they're giving James Robinson. And at this point, given where he's going, he's an injury or weight type guy. If Stevenson were to miss, uh, he would make some sense to, to have on your roster. But I don't really see him recapturing the Jaguars days. Final email uh, for you tonight, Terp, or for us. Um, this is kind of an open-ended one. Mike in Staten Island, who are some of your favorite rookies so far, guys? Um, thank you for the email, Mike. We appreciate that. Terp, I mean, you've touched on a few of them. Obviously, we're going to throw Bijan Robinson out because everybody loves him. Um, but what are some of the other rookies that 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 you've liked drafting, or or you look forward to seeing where they end up because you really like their talent? Two I'll mention: Roshan Johnson, really like his talent. You know, I, I really I watched him a lot at Texas. I, I think he's has the potential if it's the right fit. You know, on a team, like I would love to see him come to Philadelphia. I think he has potential for you know be a couple year player. You know, in Philly, you know, with obviously the certainty at the position, but he has a ton of talent. He just got stuck behind one of the best running back prospects to come out in a long time. Another one I'll mention, Josh Downs. I, I watched a lot of North Carolina games. I'm, I'm not a diehard football fan like I am basketball, but with Drake May, I mean, he should, he, the kid has a ton of talent. He's a guy that you see him mocked 
first round, end of first round, early second in some spots. You know, a guy that I like, Zay Flowers is another one. Jalen Hyatt, we mentioned it early, you know, we were talking, he's not a guy that I'm on board with. He's getting a lot of hype right now. I watched a lot of tape, you know, recently. He just runs wide open a lot. And it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to know what that's going to translate in the NFL because it's not going to happen. It's hard to know. Like, yeah, he's beating the Alabama running, but the what the, the Alabama cornerbacks, and that's cool and everything. But is that going to translate when he has some of the top corners in his grill and some of the defensive coordinators, you know, like charting his weaknesses all the time? So there are three guys that I really like, and then one that I'm not really the biggest fan of. I'll give you one at each position here, um, and it's it's this is so stupid because. Um, he's going to be the, the probably, he's probably going to be the number one receiver drafted and it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Love, love. And, and I, I, like, I just cannot emphasize this enough. This guy was not running circles around Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson when they're all on the same team. He was setting big 10 records while Garrett oh, Wilson. Yeah, Rose Bowl and, game. Mm. I, I, I mean, it's just, it's insane. And I think he's been unfairly penalized because of that soft tissue injury that he dealt with most of 2022 he ran between what was it a four four eight five, and a four, four five two? Yeah, I mean at, at the that's good I, enough. I, and I saw a stat the other day: the top ten combine guys for yeah. the last how many years? Not one of them are relevant in the NFL right now. That is the most <laughs> irrelevant thing out there. Now, I'm gonna say if the guy goes out there and runs a four eight, maybe worry four four seven worry. Right, and, but and these like guys are route superstars. I always put the emphasis more on the agility drills at the combine 100%. rather than the forty. And and Smith and Jigba's agilities uh, and his RAS score was was out of this world. It, I, I would not saying that I want the Packers to do this as a Packers fan, and I've I've kind of wiped my hands of them ever drafting a receiver in the first round. But man, if Smith and Jigba's there at fifteen, and I don't think he would be, I think Brian Gutekunst has to think he long and hard. Good on so many, so many teams. Oh it's, yeah, and then like just pairing with him with Christian Watson, and then Romeo Dobbs there too would be tremendous. Mm, so I love. I, I love Smith and Jigba for receiver. We talked about Dalton Kincaid. He is my number one tight end in this draft. I'm with you there I like too, him. I, agree. I, I, I like significantly better than Michael Mayer, who it, to me is a low, uh, I beg your pardon, a high ceiling, low floor uh, type player that I think could come in and do yeoman's work. He's free in drafts right now. I mean, I know yeah. people get weirded out and, you know, they get scared away from the rookie tight end. You know, they don't perform as great, but I think he, if he gets to the Again, it's all spot dependent. I mean, if he gets stuck in like a New England or something like that, mm-hmm. then I mean, you can only expect so much. I mean, unless Mac Jones takes that next step, but him with Jordan Love is another player that would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fantastic um, for sure. And I'll tell you, um, so the other receiver I, I like is is Rashi Rice or Rashi Rice. I, I don't ever know how to uh, pronounce it, but. But that's another guy I, I kind of like. I don't like him anywhere near as much as Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then we get to the um, to the uh, the running backs. Um, and there's nobody that necessarily stands out to me there. Um, I think, uh, I mean, besides B. John Robinson, obviously. But I, I think Charbonnet is interesting. But he played four years in college, which is usually a red flag for me. Um, I think Chase Brown late offers you I like Sean um, Tucker a little bit. A, a little bit. Uh, yeah, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse is okay. Um, outside of that, I mean, I like if I had to pick one sleeper, it's a guy we already talked about, and it's sort of the unknown because he was toiling behind B. John Robinson, and that's Roshan Johnson. 
Um, I, I, I think he put up a, a, a relative athletic score of over eight uh, at the combine. Um, there is a, um, you know, uh, um, he's sort of the item behind door number two. We, we just don't know what, what he is. And I think that makes him compelling, and it's also depressing his draft price as well. So that would be my running back um, I, I like. I think Israel Abanacanda – is, is I was going to say the kid for a bit. I'm not going to try to yeah. say his name. Yeah, I, Vatican um, is it, he's one of those guys, Terp, that I, I don't think he'd ever wow you, but no. um, I think he's the type of guy that could step in um, in a if pitch. He gets on and one of these teams guy. like Kansas City or Philadelphia or yeah. a team like that that's already made. That hey, Penny gets hurt, Pacheco gets hurt, a guy like that. Why not? I mean, yeah. who knew who Isaiah Pacheco was going into the draft last year? Yeah. yeah, people might have mentioned him, but now he's a sixth-round draft pick, fifth-round draft pick. Uh, a band of Canada, too, 5'10", 216, so it's not like he's shrimpy. I mean, there there is no, something I mean, to and him. And he's a town. I remember watching – I watch a lot of pick games. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a talented kid. I mean, if he gets there, again, everything, all this stuff's all fit depending, and, you know, hopefully, you know, he doesn't get stuck behind, you know, Nick Chubb in, in Cleveland because he's probably never going to be seen, but – yeah, is, just like Jerome yeah. Ford. Jerome Ford stuck behind Nick Jerome Chubb. Ford stuck behind still four guys and now he's getting drafted. And <laughs> by the time Jerome Ford is, a, is an actual Ty Chandler, you know, he's another guy that they're saying, oh, Dalvin Cook's going to get traded. Ty Chandler's going to move up draft boards. They'll probably add a rookie too. And then he'll just yeah. go right back down to where he is of, of irrelevance. Um, this, uh, you, you have been nothing. Um, regarding irrelevant tonight, Terp. Thank you so much for joining me uh, and sitting in uh, for Farrell. I, I always appreciate our conversations. I always appreciate your talks and getting your insight. Uh, bring on the upcoming season. Time. I, mean, I know it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Just, like, who gets uh, who can't do a radio show because they're sick? Is he like on his... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what else he has going on. Party or something. He just he didn't may, want to do the show. He, it could have been that he might it's have not a an excuse. He might have a solid Saturday where he needed to get to bed early tonight. I don't know. I, I don't ask those types of you questions. You never know with him. You never you know. You never know. You never know. Uh, follow Dave on Twitter, at Dave Turp. Dave, keep up all the great work. Good luck in all your leagues this year, but I'm sure we'll talk again real soon. 100%. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Dave Turp, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Turpoli joining me as the co-host of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Always love talking to that guy. And with that, that will complete tonight's episode. I want to thank uh, Chris Seibel, Dave Terpoli, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, we are live next Friday at 10, 9 Central. We're going to have a guy who accumulated more than $10,000 in winnings last year in the FFPC, and he's been drafting a ton of teams this year, looking for bigger things, expanding his territory, as Farrell would say. Paul Van Van Oostveen, uh, Van Oostveen. Van Oostveen. I practiced it before the show. I still got it wrong. Paul Van Oostbeen will join us next week at 10, 9 Central on Friday. Remember to tune in to the Better Sports uh, Network on Thursday at 7, 6 Central for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Myself and another guy chopping it up or, or another person chopping it up on Thursday. We had C.H. Uh, uh, Herms from Draft Sharks on last night. Um, and you can actually go back because we broadcast those shows out on the FFPC YouTube channel uh, and, and Twitter. So you can actually go back and watch that episode at your convenience on demand 
on the FFPC YouTube channel. If you're looking for some action uh, this week, make sure you are taking advantage of the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament and the Superflex Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament as well. $25,000 in the former, $5,000 in the latter for grand prizes, $125 for the standard Superflex and just a $35 entry in the Never Too Early Superflex. Now and again, already over 80% full, so get in while you can on that. Um, adopt the Dynasty Orphan Team. We have plenty of those, a lot of good teams, as Turk pointed out. Uh, uh, with uh, with the FFPC and myffpc.com, the um, leagues, league levels, league price points, anywhere from seventy-seven dollars all the way up to twenty-five hundred dollars. But a lot of those teams are discounted. You can get teams for a dollar right now out there as well. And um, if you want to hang out uh, this weekend with me, I will be in the draft rooms for the inaugural Fantasy Pros Championship. Commissioning those online, just three hundred fifty bucks, you can win a million dollars in that. And when you register by June first and draft your team by June fifteenth, you're going to get a free thirty-five dollar FFPC credit uh, in your account, and you can do that up to three times. So that's $105 worth of free squads in your account when you register and draft in the Fantasy Pros Championship and myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video like so many of you have been doing tonight. We appreciate that. Share the video, share our channel with everybody. Uh, and it's uh, through things like that that we're able to bring on awesome high stakes players uh, to pick their brains and give you their tips and tricks for being successful in the high stakes fantasy football format with the FFPC. Click that notification bell so you um, always get notified when we are going live as well. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. I'm Eric Balkman. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um, Colts fan checking in on the chat earlier. Um, he said, are we talking kicker trades tonight? Because it's not every day that it's the topic of the day. And what is he referring to by that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we did have a real-life kicker trade go down today uh, in the NFL. Zane Gonzalez is moving from uh, Carolina to going to the San Francisco 49ers for a conditional not not this year's draft, not next year's draft, but the 2025 draft. A conditional 2025 pick is what the Niners gave up in order to acquire Zane Gonzalez. What's my analysis? Well, he's 27 years old. He ended last season on injured reserve, 20 for 22 on field goals for the Panthers in 2021. He's got a career field goal percentage of 81%. What's not to like? Everybody likes this deal except for maybe Robbie Gould, who I believe is still unemployed. So there you go, Colts fan. We're getting your kicker trade analysis on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Kickers still do matter with the FFPC. Glad we could do that for you. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll talk with you again at 10, 9 Central next Friday.